Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Have you always felt a little odd, a little different? The world is crying out for witches to heal and to rebuild. But do you hear its call and will you answer? This is a space for free thinking, where I give you tools to explore and build your craft. We all have a divine spark. Join me each week and grow that spark into a fiery beacon. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft, and I'll be bringing you a one-on-one guide to all things witchcraft and spirituality. This is The Major's Well. Hey Majors, welcome back to the show. This week, we're looking into a herb called Hellebore. Traditionally grown on graves, it's a mouth-burning herb steeped in a history of necromancy and banishing rituals. Not that you should be putting it in your mouth, I should say. It's incredibly toxic and can kill. Now, within this episode, I have used some archaic terminology around mental health and mental illness, specifically the words madness and insanity, primarily because the plant is so old and has roots in ancient Greece, quite literally, their understanding of mental illness wasn't as comprehensive, and terminology wasn't as nuanced as ours is for mental health conditions. Umbrella terms like madness and insanity often crop up that can host a whole multitude of illnesses and conditions. I didn't want to change these words, as it would be a bit whitewashy, but to not highlight this felt disrespectful and problematic. Also, there is a brief mention of sexual assault. With this out the way, let's crack on with the show. Coming from the Greek hierline, to injure or to kill, and bora meaning food, hellebore is clearly something not to be messed with. 
Some have explored the meaning of the Greek names further, taking it back to its roots, where it means good grazing, which is used ironically, or as an antonym, and it involved using a name that signifies the exact opposite of what the object is about. This linguistic use was quite common in ancient times, and it was an easy, recognisable way as flagging something as dangerous, and was especially the case when the object has negative connotations. It shows that even in prehistory, the Greeks were very much aware of how dangerous Hellebore was. Sometimes called the Christmas Rose, with its ability to bloom in winter, it actually doesn't belong to the rose family, but rather to the buttercup. Sometimes, the flowers themselves are called oracle roses. This relates to a folk tradition of putting 12 flower buds in a glass of water before Christmas, each one representing a month. If any of these flowers open by Christmas Eve, the weather would be good for that particular month, else poor weather could be expected. In other areas, this ritual is done in the 12 days between Christmas and the Epiphany on the 6th of January. Within some Slavic languages, the plant is known as Morozhnik, meaning the frosty one, and while we're on names, fun little fact from Germany, it's called Nieswortz, meaning sneezewort, due to the fact that any part of the plant when ground up can induce bouts of sneezing. Hellebore contains a unique plant compound called Helleborin. This is a chemical responsible for giving the burning sensation in the mouth when ingested. Now this burning sensation actually makes it quite difficult for people to unknowingly poison themselves. They usually spit it out due to the sensation before the other toxic chemicals can kick in. If, however, the person manages to poison themselves, they'll likely suffer from a combination of tinnitus, vertigo, stupor or near unconsciousness, and an intense thirst. The swelling of the tongue and throat can give feelings of suffocation. Combine this with the often and quite violent vomiting, it isn't a fun time plant. Death is finally brought about with the heart slowed to such a rate, it induces cardiac arrest. The roots contain aconitic acid, which is a perfume ingredient, as well as an artificial flavouring. It's used in food to give things a nutty taste. They also contain glycosides, or poisons, which are chemically related to the venom found within some toads. Now looking at its medical background, it was said to cure insanity, and this belief goes back to the ancient Greeks, whereby one drop was administered to purge mental illness, particularly insanity and mania. Any more than one drop, however, can cause death by convulsions and eventually heart failure. So obviously not recommended and not something to be played with. And just as a side note, if you have mental health conditions, please seek professional help. I am not a medical practitioner and witchcraft shouldn't substitute or stand in for conventional methods of medication. This is more poignant when it focuses around mental health conditions. Now, within Greek myth, the plant crops up a lot in relation to mental health. The king of Argos, Pritos, had three daughters who refused to accept the mystic rites of Dionysus. In anger and revenge, the god drove them into madness. They ran through the wilderness thinking they were cows, mooing in total confusion and disarray, sexually attacking local male shepherds. 
Physician and soothsayer Melampus had observed the effect of hellebore in his goats. He noticed that they purged violently after taking it and entered a subdued state. So, he offered the king to cure the women in return for one-third of his kingdom. Pritos refuses, but the strange sickness now sweeps through all the women of Argos. Melampus is called for again and is asked to heal the women, but now he wants two-thirds of the king's land. Desperate, the king agrees. Melampus chases the women into a nearby cave, which is called the Cave of Lakes, and it's in its waters that he cured the women as well as administering hellebore, thought to be in the form of the milk his goats produced. Now one of the sisters, Elise, died being chased. The other two, however, Iphiano and Iphianassa, married Meliampus and his brother. Together, they all ruled Argos. From then on, Hellebore carried the Greek name of Melampodium. Now, it's been suggested that Meliampus orchestrated the whole thing in order to obtain political power, and modern-day medical practitioners have diagnosed these women with ergotism, an interesting foodborne disease that has a chemical component that is related to LSD. Regardless, Meliampus continues to fascinate, with some medical historians referring to him as one of the founding fathers of psychiatry and pharmacotherapy, which is the treatment of a disorder or a disease with medication. Now, he's been placed around 1600 BCE, and this makes hellebore the very first of psychiatric drugs. It's a well-known fact that within Greek myth, Hera did not like Heracles, given he's the adulterous offspring of her husband. Now, Heracles had married the king of Creon's daughter, Megzera. They had settled down and had children together. Now, Hera, displeased and slightly put out with this situation, decided to inflict Heracles with a bout of madness. Within this episode, he brutally butchered his family. Now, he was lifted out of this madness and cured with hellebore that was administered by Antikyres, who was the founder of the city Antikyra, which is an area heavily associated with hellebore, a fishing village located in the Gulf of Corinth. It was an area heavily associated with the plant, and it became famous for its pharmacological activity against mental disorders, so much so that it became part of the proverb, go to Antikira, which meant you need a good dose of hellebore. There's also evidence to suggest that the ancient Greeks managed and treated epilepsy with the black hellebore version. Black hellebore isn't named so for the colour of its flowers, but rather its root. They are a deep and eerie black. A research paper in 2020 conducted experiments around epilepsy and concluded that, yes, black hellebore root extraction, based on ancient Greek texts, could be used pharmaceutically in anti-seizure medication for the treatment of epilepsy. Hellebore's link with mental illness continued into the Middle Ages. The plant was said to get rid of an excess of black bile, which was one of the four humours that governed health, the four being blood, too much made you hysterical, yellow bile, too much made you choleric or bad-tempered, black bile, made you melancholic, and phlegm, phlegmatic or unemotional. When these were imbalanced, the individual was healthy. Obviously, too much black bile put you into a melancholic mood, it was thought, so black hellebore was used to counter this. Use of hellebore in relation to mental illness carried on till around 1590 Common Era or AD, as far as I can find. 
It marks it with the longest psychiatric therapy practiced of all time, and despite the results of the prescription being unpredictable and downright dangerous in some cases, and given only in the most drastic of cases. It was also used to get rid of intestinal worms in children within the countryside. It was used in relation for this from at least the 1600s to the 1800s, despite records of children dying until the practice was finally abandoned. While the plant does have some medicinal and pharmacological properties, these are heavily overshadowed with potent compounds that are both cardiotoxic and cytotoxic meaning toxic to cells. Hellebore also rocks up within Greek history, in the siege of Kirha. The city of Kirha hadn't been treating pilgrims very well as they were on their way to Delphi. Often, they would be robbed and killed on their way to the sacred site. The city also held lands sacred to Apollo. City-states came to the aid of Delphi and formed the Amphictyonic League of Delphi, which went to war with Kirha. Now, the war started in 595 BCE and ended 10 years later, with the city falling due to the fact the water supply had been poisoned with, you guessed it, hellebore. This is one of the first instances of biological warfare. Similarly, the Gauls dip their arrows in the powdered plant so if their target didn't die from the arrow wound, the poison would finish the job, although historians have debated whether or not this plant would have been hellebore. There's accounts of it being used in hunting, of poisoning bait with hellebore so game would be easier to catch, fish would be fed infused bread, or swim through waters that had been polluted with a significant amount of hellebore. Magical bullets were also created and were infused with the plant, and these became famed for not missing their target. People would put the plant's seeds in their boots to gain invisibility, a heightened level of protection, or to shoot your target and escape without identification, thus avoiding prosecution. There are many theories with how Alexander the Great died. One of these theories is that he was assassinated with hellebore. There's others that suggest he died at the hands of white hellebore. Although it shares the same name, it actually isn't related to the hellebore family, and it's still incredibly dangerous. Let's talk about its use in witchcraft and folklore. Linked to Saturn and Mars, the Helleborus family has numerous varieties with their own shade of poisonous ways. Interestingly, the highest concentration of these varieties lies in the Balkans. Traditionally harvest while circling it with a sword, the roots are pulled up while facing east on a moonless night on a Saturday. The herbalist would also pray while pulling up the roots, often to Apollo. Within herbalism, the roots of the plants are often guarded by birds. I hadn't come across this before in my research, but in this case, if an eagle flew overhead while harvesting the roots, the gatherer would be dead within a year. The roots of the black version, Helleborus niger, the oldest variety and the one most steeped in folklore, were dug up and used in a similar way that you would use mandrake roots. I mentioned earlier its use within divination to predict the weather over the year. There was another belief around this idea that if the flower bloomed late into the winter, then the winter was due to be prolonged. 
Now, the Book of Hermes on the 15 fixed stars, supposedly written by Hermes Trismegistus, links Hellebore with the star Algol, reputedly a demon star and lying in the constellation of Perseus, marking Medusa's head. Quote from the book, Hellebore juice, with an equal amount of wormwood placed under a diamond, brings hatred and courage, preserves the members of the body and grants vengeance over anyone you wish. Now this was done when the star was in the position of 26 Taurus 25, astrologically speaking. Now this diamond was mounted onto a ring and worn by the user. Hellebore was also grown near cottage doorways to keep witches away, as well as the branches hung across stable doors to protect animals from malefic energy. The plant also helped heal a sick cow, if the root was placed on its ear. In relation to cattle in the Alps, there's a centuries-old alpine tradition of cows walking back from their mountain pastures to their winter hangout of a foothill farm. The cows come home, following paths that are pre-Roman, accompanied with a parade, feasts and dancing, whilst wearing beautiful garlands and headdresses called Almboshan, relating to the tradition's name, Almabtrib. It celebrates an accident-free summer on the Alp. Now woven into the headdresses and garlands are branches of hellebore. It's also an alpine tradition to censor farm buildings with a blend of various local herbs, hellebore of which is one. There's also a belief that around the winter solstice, farm animals as well as forest creatures could talk and would reveal the future. The way to understand this was to use hellebore, usually through burning it and sensing it throughout the area. Now Pliny recorded that it was also used as a fumigant in houses to purify them as well as cattle to protect them. In Roman times, the flowers were placed in a vase at the centre of a room in order to remove unpleasant atmospheres. This tradition carried on into the Elizabethan era in England, where hellebore was gathered after dark on Midsummer's Eve, then dried and hung in houses and stables for protection. With it being a strong pagan plant, it was only a matter of time before ancient Christians got their hands on it and shamelessly appropriated it. The story goes that a shepherdess named Madelon travelled alongside the shepherds to see baby Jesus. Dismayed that she didn't have a gift, she wanted to bring flowers, but it was the middle of winter. She began to weep and where her tears fell, hellebore sprouted and grew. She harvested the flowers and gifted them to baby Jesus. And while we're on the topic of the church, I found a snippet of information that needs a big disclaimer. It's from one source, I couldn't find another reference to it, and the research I do is pretty deep, so potentially a big pinch of salt, but I love it. Hellebore was supposedly used within incense to incite frenzy. Fair enough, I can get on board with that. However, it also claims that witches would add it to church censors and wait outside for the congregation to turn violent and rowdy. Wildly sensational and probably not true. I love it regardless. Now, the plant can also act as a portal to the lower worlds, the subconscious as well as the other worlds. In small doses, it causes hallucinations, leading it to be a key ingredient within the infamous flying ointments of medieval witches. It was also used as an abortive. The flower, when dried and sprinkled around the user, was supposed to render them invisible. It was also used in alpine bath cabins, similar to a sauna. They were also used to dry flax and hemp for use within textiles. 
Various herbs, including hellebore, were used for aromatic bathing, which was condemned by the church in the Middle Ages. It was seen as witchcraft, and it was a place where people met and got naked. This was not a place of God. The church, ever the fun sponge. <laughs> now, the shamanic practitioners in Hungary, called Taltos, have an interesting practice. They would feed goats or sheep hellebore to intoxicate them. Now, further down the line, these animals would produce offsprings that would have one eye in the center of their head, presumably due to hellebore consumption that was consistent throughout their pregnancy. Now, these one-eyed animals would then be sacrificed as they were seen as supernatural powers in physical form. I couldn't find a lot of information about this. This is from one anthropological research paper, but this practice was still happening at least in the 70s. If the spell you come across lists hellebore as an ingredient and you're not feeling confident, it can be substituted for a rose instead. The hellebore law is a dark and sinister one, and it's a plant with a very long history that's dealt with the darker issues we face as a race, that of mental illness and war. Adding to this the fact that it's an evergreen and grows and flowers in the middle of winter when everything else is dead, pinned it with a badge of the magical and malefic, and from there its law has only gone on to grow. Despite its medicinal properties, they always come with a risk that outweighs the benefit. Hellebore has always danced with disaster. And Majors, that's it. That is a wrap for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. My intent with this podcast is to provide guidance and inspiration for those on their spiritual path and to talk about interesting parts of history relating to spirituality. I also want to connect you with information that is both useful and reliable. Would you like to support me? With your support, I can dedicate more time to the mage as well. You can financially support me through Patreon, where you'll gain access to more content and connect with the mage as well community. The link for this is in the episode description. If you're not keen on pledging money for whatever reason, but you still want to support, you can follow my Instagram, at the mage as well. You could tell your friends and family about the show. You could post about the podcast. And most importantly, you could leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This is really important. It really helps because it boosts the algorithm over on Apple Podcasts. And it draws in new listeners and helps get the podcast out there. Please help me out. This is an independent podcast. It's just me researching, producing, and editing. Anything you can do will help. If you own a business and would like to advertise on the show, please get in touch. The show's email is themajorswell at gmail.com. Special thanks to Coral St. Clair for the podcast artwork. Peace out, witches, and I'll see you at the crossroads.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 